Welcome to another War of the Worlds inspired special from NeoZaz.com and another part of our War of the Worlds week for 2020. I am Matt, and this episode is going to be a little different in regards to the War of the Worlds tie-in. This episode features the radio drama The Last Broadcast. Unlike War of the Worlds, this story has no alien invasion. In fact, the warring factions are far closer to home, meaning Earth. This is a speculative fiction piece that shows how coverage of a nuclear attack from the world's superpowers might unfold. The War of the Worlds tie-in is in the presentation and the format. There's absolutely no denying the 1938 broadcast influence. Just as that broadcast did, the last broadcast starts off with a music-centric show that's interrupted by escalating news reports. That's all I'll say about the story. We're going to let this one speak for itself. It's really worth the time to listen to, in my opinion. What I'd like to talk about now is the history of this radio drama. And I would like to, but I can't, unfortunately. This production is shrouded in complete mystery. There's many citations of its existence on the internet. Reddit alone has a few dozen threads about this, but all of them say basically the same thing. We have no idea who made this. There is a consensus that this is a school project, either be late high school or college, and that it was produced in Canada. And knowing those two things, I can hear where that consensus is coming from, and I would tend to agree. But that's it. That is all we know about this production. And that's really unfortunate because I think it's quite exceptional. I would really love to know more about it. But now I'll just have to be content with the fact of it even existing. And now with that, I'm happy to share it and include it in this year's War of the Worlds Week lineup. One note about this particular post of the last broadcast. Like I explained just a minute ago in the introduction, this show starts off with a music-centric broadcast. There are a couple songs that are played in their entirety in the original cut of this. With the copyright laws and the terms and agreements with all of the various podcast providers we have this feed on, I do have to cut a majority of those songs out. It's much like the edit of the WKBW broadcast we've done in the past. The full songs don't lend into the story, so there are no story elements missing. I just wanted to explain why this particular story seems to have a radio show that plays only about 20 seconds of music. That's why, because of the editing I had to do in roughly the first third of this broadcast. That's the only note. So without any further ado, here's the mysterious, the last broadcast. We're back again on CKFD Radio. I'm Bob Henderson, and you're listening to the Golden Greats of the 50s. It's time to go back now to the year 1959 with one of my old-time favorites, Chubby Checker, and let's twist again. That was the immortal Chubby Checker and the classic Let's Twist Again. I'm Bob Henderson, and the Golden Greats of the 50s will be back in a moment. Max is taking the time to give you what you need. It's Black's year-end inventory sale, and that means every item in every Black store is on sale. Save on every camera, every lens and flash gun, every photographic accessory, even film. It's Black's year-end inventory sale, and every item in every Black store is on sale. Yes, everything. Black's is photography. Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones are on location in San Francisco, Hong Kong. Macau, Sri Lanka in the Indian Ocean, and in London, filming the greatest adventure of all time, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. For the summer of 84. From Paramount Pictures. 
Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom coming soon to the University Theater in 70mm Dolby Stereo. And you and a friend can win two free passes to the exciting premiere if you are the 14th caller at 826-CKFD. It's time to go back now to one of the greatest of them all, Chuck Berry and Roll Over Beethoven. interrupting our music special for just a moment to bring you some news which has just reached our newsroom. A major development has occurred in Germany regarding the military situation between Soviet and NATO forces. While details are still vague at this time, it is reported that thousands of Soviet troops swarmed into West Germany early this morning in what is reported to be a massive military invasion. NATO forces are apparently engaging the Soviets at this time and heavy fighting is reported in several West German cities. To repeat the news which has just reached our station, heavy Soviet forces have moved into West Germany in what is reported to be a massive military invasion. NATO and Soviet troops are presently engaged in heavy fighting in several West German cities. That's all we have at this time, but we are expecting updates on the situation from various news centers, and as we do, we'll keep you abreast of the matter. Please stay tuned to CKFD for details. We'll be back in a moment. The Royal Ontario Museum in the City of Toronto cordially invite you and yours to witness one of the most breathtaking displays from the ancient world, the wonders of Alexander the Great. Two thousand years ago, this great warrior ruled the world and in his journeys collected awesome riches. Now, many of those items will be on display in the Royal Ontario Museum in the Hall of Ancient History. This is a not-to-be-missed event for the entire family. Adults $4.50, students $3, children and seniors only $1. Open seven days a week, 9 to 6. This is Bob Henderson, and I have some additional information on that story I reported just minutes ago. This new report states that Soviet forces have apparently taken some form of control in West Germany, but that NATO has made no territorial concessions to the Soviets. NATO troops are still trying to repel the invading Soviets, but sources state that the situation is at best grim. They attribute NATO's ineffectiveness in defusing the matter to a suddenness and swiftness of the invasion. NBC News correspondent Ted Wilson in London, England, made this special overseas report just minutes ago. This is Ted Wilson for NBC News in London. Soviet forces shattered the peace in Europe today. Early this morning, blitzkrieging Soviet tanks and jets forced their way into West Germany. As one American troop commander said, they came without warning and they came shooting. The attack caught NATO defensive forces by surprise. As a result, they are unable to effectively resolve the situation and restore it to their advantage. Intelligence sources report that heavy Soviet backup forces are preparing for deployment in as many as three East German cities, Erfurt, Magdeburg, and Dresden. If indeed these forces are sent into West Germany, there exists little hope of NATO being able to repel them in the given circumstances. Military experts are shocked. Reagan calls the action an unprecedented act of Soviet aggression against the Western world. Here in London, Ted Wilson for NBC News. There you heard it. Confirmation of this morning's invasion of West Germany by the Soviet military. And it also seems clear that Soviet reinforcements may in fact be standing by for deployment in East Germany to ensure the success of their actions. At this time, we here at CKFD are trying to get additional reports from various sources in order that we can keep you informed and up to date on the rather incredible turn of events. While we do that, we ask you to stay tuned. I'm Bob Henderson. We'll be back in a moment. Every few seconds, someone, somewhere, must be thinking about switching. Switching to Burger King. Switch. 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 Who knows why? Switch. But they're out there. 
thousands of people. Maybe even you. Toronto's full of great entertainment, and it's all on the TTC. We got Broadway plays and happy days. Old Chinatown, the sound that's round. The city hall. And fun for all. We've got movies to see. All on the TTC. We got Henry Moore and stars galore. A place to muse, fantastic views. A science fair. And beat that's where we, we got, got friends to see. All on the TTC. Toronto's Entertainment Network. Some alarming news has just reached us regarding the situation in Germany. Many new reports indicate that two or three nuclear explosions have occurred in East Germany following this morning's conflict between NATO and the Soviet Union. Few details are known at this time, but we do know that the explosions resulted of the firing of an equal number of American-built Persian II missiles. Nothing is known as to who fired the missiles, who authorized this action, nor the locations at which these missiles were targeted. For those of you who have missed this alarming bulletin, I will repeat it. Many reports are coming into the newsroom stating that the crisis in Germany has taken a frightening turn. Two or three nuclear explosions have occurred in Soviet-occupied East Germany, apparently the result of firing an equal number of American-built Persian II missiles. These actions following this morning's invasion of West Germany by the Soviet military. Um, I'm being told now that another broadcast from NBC News correspondent Ted Wilson in London is being made at this time and that we're cutting live into the broadcast now. Please stand by. We're quickly being overpowered. Military intelligence reports indicated conclusively that massive Russian reserve forces were preparing for deployment in the three East German cities of Erfurt, Magdeburg and Dresden. NATO forces were forced to take strong military action to prevent threatened Soviet takeover of West Germany. It is not known on whose authority the three Pershing II missiles were launched, but it is clear that the order did not originate in West Germany. All three warheads exploded on target within a minute of each other, around half an hour ago. Within minutes of the attack, the Soviet defense systems went on full alert that a state of emergency exists in Central Europe at this time. We presume that NATO systems did exactly the same. I, I apologize for that delay. We're trying to make contact with our correspondent in West Germany at this time, but there seems to be a slight problem. As soon as we make contact, however, you will hear from her in what we hope will be an update on the crisis. Uh, I do have one report here which comes from our offices in Washington only moments ago. It states that shortly after the nuclear explosions in East Germany, both President Reagan and Soviet President Andropov spoke to one another over the hotline regarding the crisis. Exactly what they said is unknown, but it is reported that the conversation was brief and ended abruptly with the Soviets demanding compensatory action. We'll try to have more information on this phone. Uh, one minute, please. I'm being told now that contact has been established with our correspondent Diane Wilkes in Dusseldorf and that she does have an update on the situation there. Diane, this is Ted Wilson in London. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can hear you. Although I'm too well, I'm afraid. We're not receiving you well either. Look, I understand you have a special update on the situation there in Germany. Yes, Ted. Literally, Germany has become a nightmare. Just minutes ago, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. Just minutes ago, a large nuclear air burst occurred south of us in the city of Bonn. The explosion, the explosion left the entire sky, so much so that even in this distance, it's far brighter than the sun. Then about 30 seconds after the flash, a strong shockwave hit us. The city like an earthquake. Diane, has it been established that the explosion was caused by a Soviet missile? Uh, I'm assuming this was a, an act of retaliation on their part. Yes, it is known that it was indeed an act of Soviet retaliation. In fact, they issued a statement in an emergency meeting of the U.S. Security Council stating that compensation had to be made for the thousands of Soviet troops killed in East Germany. This is obviously just that. They have retaliated with at least one known nuclear attack. However, no such reports state that three, I repeat, three SS-20 missiles were launched. Two at West Germany and a third at Western Europe somewhere. that a third Soviet missile may be en route to England? That is a disturbing possibility, Well, we've heard nothing to that effect at this end. Information is steadily coming into our newsroom, but there are no warnings or emergency bulletins for 
from the Defense Department. Certainly we would have heard something if indeed we were in that type of danger. seem to have... We'll be back in a moment. Chrysler believes the way to judge quality is by how well the maker backs what he builds. Most North American car buyers are covered for two years or 40,000 kilometers on the engine and powertrain. Then you pay. Most import buyers the same. Then you pay. Only Chrysler backs every car it builds for five years or 80,000 kilometers on the engine and powertrain. And against outer panel rust perforation. Other North American makers don't. Imports don't. Only Chrysler does. This is Bob Henderson. I apologize for cutting away there so abruptly, but we've been trying to establish the nature of the situation in Europe as it stands now. We urge that no conclusions be drawn as to why we lost contact with NBC News because we are told there are a number of explanations for the occurrence. I've been asked at this time to insist that everyone listening now remain at your radios and continue listening to CKFD in an event that an emergency broadcast system makes a special interruption. We have a special line open to the emergency defense network for just that possibility. The situation as it stands is this. Sometime early this morning, the Soviet military forced their way into West Germany in a large-scale military invasion. Heavy fighting between Soviet and NATO troops occurred for quite some time following the invasion, and to the shock of the entire world, this resulted in a firing of three American-built Persian II missiles at three East German cities, Erfurt, Magdeburg, and Dresden. All three missiles exploded within a minute of each other shortly after launch. The reasons for this revolutionary action, sources state, was to prevent further invading Soviet forces from advancing into West Germany, which in turn would have made retaining control of the country impossible. An emergency meeting of the UN Security Council and a telephone conversation between President Ronald Reagan and the Soviet president occurred almost immediately afterward, but both of which ended quickly with the Soviets demanding compensatory action. And as you heard from the NBC correspondent in Dusseldorf just minutes ago, they made serious on that statement and retaliated with equal force. The report stated that three SS-20 missiles, the Soviet equivalent to the Persian II missiles, were fired at both West Germany and a target in Western Europe. One confirmed air burst has occurred in the West German capital of Bonn. A second is believed to, to have exploded elsewhere in Western Germany. And the third may, I repeat may, have exploded over a target in Britain. Regarding that last statement, we advise again that no conclusions be drawn regarding the sudden loss of contact with NBC News in London. We're trying at this time to learn the reason why such occurred. To those of you who have been calling our offices here in Toronto, we request that you refrain from doing this because we need to keep all the lines open in an event of an emergency. We can tell you nothing on the phone that we haven't already done on the air, so please stop calling for additional information. We simply don't have any right now. 
We've also received notices from both Metro and Provincial Police Departments who are making a similar appeal. They request that you stop calling up their switchboards and tying up their lines. They also need to keep their lines open in an event of an emergency. Their advice at this time is to keep calm and continue monitoring your radio for updates on the situation in Europe. We promise that you will be told everything as information becomes available. At this time, we have a report from ABC News in Washington. This is a press statement by a member of the Defense Department, and it was made a short time ago just after the news of the firing of the Persian two missiles were released. The President has authorized me at this time to make an official announcement regarding the crisis in Germany. At 6.35 a.m. Eastern Standard Time this morning, an estimated 40,000 Soviet troops invaded West Germany in what can only be regarded as an act of war. NATO forces engaged the Soviet forces in conventional conflict, but the swiftness and overwhelming size of the Soviet attack left our troops completely unable to defend West Germany. The President and his body of advisors considered all of the options and alternatives to this situation and decided that the sacrifice of West Germany was completely unacceptable because it placed too great a threat on the stability of peace in Europe. Therefore, to retard the advance of thousands of additional Soviet forces, it was decided that the use of medium-range nuclear weapons was a regrettable but necessary action. Three targets were selected in East Germany because of their part in the invasion, and a Pershing II missile delivered a single two-megaton warhead to each location. All three warheads made airbursts approximately two minutes after their launch. At this time, President Reagan is in touch with the President of the Soviet Union, and they are discussing the situation with the hope of preventing any military escalation of the matter. That's all I'm authorized to say at this time. Thank you. Obviously, that was not one of the most recent of updates because we do know, of course, of the events and incidents which followed the attack. I'm speaking of the retaliation by the Soviets in a nuclear destruction of one to three targets in Western Europe. It has been confirmed that Bonn, the capital of West Germany, was one of those targets, a second West German city, possibly another, and a city in Britain as an unconfirmed third. I'm going to ask again of our listeners to please stop calling our station. I asked a few minutes ago, but we're still being flooded with calls, and we absolutely must keep all of our lines open in the event of an emergency. Just remain calm and keep tuned to CKFD for details. We're keeping on top of the crisis in Germany and we'll keep you up to date on the situation as it develops. In keeping with that statement, here is the newest update from our news center. I'm afraid it's not good news. It's official confirmation of the destruction of two West German cities by Soviet nuclear weapons. The first was, as we already know, Bonn, and it has also been established that the second city is Hanover. There is no mention of the third SS-20 missile here, but regarding the two known attacks, there is no word at this time at the extent of damage or the number of casualties involved. Needless to say, they're probably unimaginable. I'm being told now that we have another report, this one from Tony Blackmore, a CBC correspondent in Ottawa. Richard Earnhardt, first military advisor to Prime Minister Trudeau, came forward minutes ago and held an emergency press meeting to voice the Trudeau administration's reaction to the crisis in Germany. Prime Minister Trudeau has expressed shock and horror over the Reagan administration's decision to use tactical nuclear weapons against Soviet-occupied East Germany. It is his opinion that such an action has needlessly endangered thousands, if not millions, of innocent lives. He has been in contact with the American president in Washington to discuss this matter, but nothing is known of what was said at this time. He has advised all Canadian citizens to remain indoors and to continue monitoring radio and television broadcasts for updates on the crisis. Since that message, a short time ago, additional information on the situation in Europe has become available. 
it has now been confirmed that the following breakdown in talks between the two superpowers. The Soviets retaliated against NATO with the firing of three of their SS-20 nuclear missiles. Two confirmed strikes in the West German cities of Bonn and Hanover have been recorded, and several reports now indicate that the third missile has exploded over a city in Great Britain, but the exact location has yet to be established. CBC News is in contact with the British Embassy in Toronto, and information on this matter should be available in a short time. For CBC News in Ottawa, this is Tony Blakemore reporting. We too are in contact with the British Embassy here in Toronto. We've sent one of our reporters out there and we hope to have a live report from the Embassy momentarily. Until then, or until additional news bulletins reach our newsroom, we're going to pause for our regular scheduled news program with Scott Hunter. Hopefully, in that time, we'll gather enough information for a complete update. We also apologize for the disruption of today's musical programming, but obviously it's best to devote the time to the news regarding the situation in Europe. I'm Bob Henderson. Scott Hunter will be with you for CKFD News in just a moment. Aren't you hungry? Burger King and Miracle Food Mart announce the Whopper Deal of the Year. With every $10 purchase at Miracle, you get one free Whopper coupon. Buy one Whopper at Burger King, present your free coupon from Miracle, and get the second Whopper free. Now's the time to switch to Miracle and save at Burger King. Lapsus is taking the time to give you what you need. It's Black's year-end inventory sale, and that means every item in every Black store is on sale. Save on every camera, every lens and flash gun, every photographic accessory, even film. It's Black's year-end inventory sale, and every item in every Black store is on sale. Yes, everything. Black's is photography. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system for the city of Toronto and surrounding areas. This is only a test. This has been a test of the emergency broadcast system in conjunction with the Emergency Defense Network of Canada. In the event of a real emergency, you would have been notified of the procedures to follow or the station to tune to for special instructions. And this is Scott Hunter for CKFD News. Nuclear horror hits Germany. It all started this morning at 6.35 a.m. Eastern Standard Time when thousands of Soviet troops forced their way into West Germany in what was called a massive military invasion. The Soviet forces met and engaged NATO forces and large-scale fighting erupted in West German cities. NATO forces, caught by surprise and pitted against overwhelming enemy troops, were unable to cope at a conventional level with the situation, and the revolutionary decision was made in Washington by the Reagan administration. This report from a Defense Department spokesman, which was broadcast over CKFD earlier today, sums up the situation. The President has authorized me at this time to make an official announcement regarding the crisis in Germany. At 6.35 a.m. Eastern Standard Time this morning, an estimated 40,000 Soviet troops invaded West Germany in what can only be regarded as an act of war. NATO forces engaged the Soviet forces in conventional conflict, but the swiftness and overwhelming size of the Soviet attack left our troops completely unable to defend West Germany. The President and his body of advisors considered all of the options and alternatives to this situation and decided that the sacrifice of West Germany was completely unacceptable because it placed too great a threat on the stability of peace in Europe. Therefore, to retard the advance of thousands of additional Soviet forces, it was decided that the use of medium-range nuclear weapons was a regrettable but necessary action. Three targets were selected in East Germany. 
because of their part in the invasion, and a Pershing II missile delivered a single two-megaton warhead to each location. All three warheads made airbursts approximately two minutes after their launch. But that was only part of the horror which was to occur this morning. Stunned and furious over the attack, the Soviet Union decided that retaliation was in order. Some 30 minutes after the attack on East Germany, they launched a total of three of their SS-20 medium-range nuclear missiles at both West Germany and England. Strikes in the West German capital of Bonn and the city of Hanover are now confirmed, and it is believed, with a fair degree of certainty, that the third missile exploded somewhere over Britain. CKFD is in touch with the British Embassy here in Toronto in order to get further news on this story, and we will, of course, keep you informed. At the time of the retaliatory attack by the Soviet Union, NBC News correspondent Ted Wilson in London was making a live broadcast overseas and had just spoken to a second correspondent in Dusseldorf who had actually witnessed the attack on Bonn. Seconds after that transmission, the following was heard. Regarding this issue, and until such word comes, any panic here in Britain is completely unwarranted. In the event that we are made aware of any news regarding such a possibility, then we will, of course... Wait a moment. We're hearing something outside our studios. I don't know if you can hear them because they're not very loud outside. Please hang on a moment while I check into the matter. I'll be back on the air momentarily. We have been advised that the sudden loss of contact with that broadcast is not confirmation that the Soviet missile exploded over London. While that is a horrifying possibility, Dr. Carl Weathers, science advisor to CKFD Radio, insists that there are several explanations for the occurrence primary of which is the phenomenon of EMP, or electromagnetic pulse, which he explains is a sudden blast of magnetism which affects power sources and communications networks. Thus, it's quite possible that this is the reason the broadcast was interrupted. So until confirmation of the fact, one way or the other, is received, we stress that no panic is warranted at this time. The Trudeau administration voiced its opinion on the German crisis earlier today. CBC correspondent Richard Earnhardt filed this report at the scene. Richard Earnhardt, first military advisor to Prime Minister Trudeau, came forward minutes ago and held an emergency press meeting to voice the Trudeau administration's reaction to the crisis in Germany. Prime Minister Trudeau has expressed shock and horror over the Reagan administration's decision to use tactical nuclear weapons against Soviet-occupied East Germany. It is his opinion that such an action has needlessly endangered thousands, if not millions, of innocent lives. He has been in contact with the American president in Washington to discuss this matter, but nothing is known of what was said at this time. He has advised all Canadian citizens to remain indoors and to continue monitoring radio and television broadcasts for updates on the crisis. Reports on the crisis are continually coming into our newsroom, and as they do, you'll be kept abreast of the situation. Please stay tuned to CKFD for further details. In other news, Israeli leaders are denying the reports that they have agreed to Syria's demands for a unilateral Israeli withdrawal from Lebanon. One source states that any such rumors have no validity whatsoever, and that Israel intends to stay in Lebanon until the Syrians make the first move to withdraw. A Canadian reporter was killed in Nicaragua earlier today when Guatemalan gunmen sprayed a small village with gunfire, killing some six people and injuring 22. The name of the reporter is being held at this time until an investigation of the matter by Canadian officials in that country takes place. The crash of an American airline 707 in Atlanta, Georgia this morning has claimed the lives of 93 people. A report states that the jet was making what seemed like a perfectly normal approach to land when it suddenly turned to one side and dropped to the ground. It burst into flames immediately afterwards. Aboard that jet were 87 passengers and six crew members. 
A Toronto man is dead after the car in which he was a passenger lost control on the Gardner Expressway and struck a lamppost. 48-year-old Martin Milton died at 6 o'clock this morning following emergency surgery at Toronto General Hospital. An 18-year-old Etobicoke man died this morning when his motorcycle struck a guardrail on the QEW near Dixie Road. The name of the victim is being withheld pending notification of kin. Singer-songwriter Paul Morris Edwards, a native of Toronto, died last night at Toronto General Hospital following a heart attack in his Mississauga home. He was 78. In sports, Toronto Maple Leaf owner Harold Ballard is reported to have turned down a large offer for the hockey team for reasons he won't divulge to the media. An unconfirmed report states that he was offered a startling $4 million for the sagging Leafs, but he refuses to either confirm or deny this report. Skiing champion Margaret Yeller won the gold medal in the international skiing tournament in Aspen, Colorado yesterday. That makes three golds for Canada so far in that competition. I'm Scott Hunter. Next news reports in one hour. Saving mileage and miles of just plain driving fun. Colt's got the spirit to really get up and go. Compare with GLC Civic Centra Tercel. Then check Colt's low price for phenomenal value. Imported only for Dodge and Plymouth dealers. Join the Chrysler Revolution. Hi, folks. The name's J.D. Kelly, and I got news for you. This week and this week only, Kelly's Stereo City is reducing prices on all stock by as much as 30%. You won't believe the savings to be found here. Technique semi-automatic turntables packaged to go at $129. A complete LX 175-watt system, including turntable, receiver, tuner cassette deck, and speakers at an unbelievable price of just $600. These prices are not to be beat anywhere in the city, and we at Kelly Stereo City swear by our merchandise. Come on down, have a coffee on us. Look around and make the purchase of your life. No down payment is required, and monthly plan is available if you want it. Kelly Stereo City at 650 Young Street. Come on and see us. CKFD Radio is owned and operated by the McLaren Hunter Foundation of Canada and is solely responsible for its content. Its offices are located at 45 Adelaide Street West, Toronto, Ontario. Mr. Thomas Neely, President, and Mrs. Brenda Gordon, Vice President. This is Bob Henderson, and we're back with coverage of the crisis in Germany. As I mentioned just prior to the news, we have sent one of our reporters to the British Embassy in hope of learning more about the situation in England at this time. Our reporter, Peggy Britton, is standing by with a live report now. Bob, I've been speaking with Patrick Clark, who is Director of Operations for the British Embassy, and he has stated that all attempts to make contact with their offices in London have not been successful. Similar attempts to make contact with the British Defence Department and the British Prime Minister have also been successful. Mr. Clark is not prepared to make an official statement at this time, but he states that one might be forthcoming within the next 20 or 30 minutes. For CKFD News, this is Peggy Brenton reporting. Thank you, Peggy. Well, as you've just heard, all attempts to make contact with the officials in London have been unsuccessful. We have been reassured, however, that the embassy is continuing in their efforts and some official word might be available within the next 20 minutes. At this time, we also have a live report from correspondent Mike Parks, who is standing by in Nathan Phillips Square with a report on the public reaction to the use of nuclear weapons in Europe. to America's use of nuclear weapons against Soviet troops in East Germany. There are literally hundreds of people here in the square, all shouting anti-America slogans and waving anti-nuclear banners. Toronto hasn't seen the likes of this since the Trudeau government first agreed to the testing of the cruise missile on Canadian soil. Tell me, Mike, just how many people would you guess are at the square at this time? Oh, 
There have to be well over 300 people here, Bob, and the numbers are still growing. Bay Street as far north as Bloor is just jammed with protesters, and they've brought traffic to a virtual standstill. Young Street is in equally bad shape. This is really an unbelievable sight. How is the crowd behaving? Is there any rioting or anything of that nature? Uh, there have been a few minor incidents, but nothing too serious as of yet. That could change, however, and I've been told by one police officer here at the scene that several additional divisions of police are on their way in the event chaos breaks out. Looking at this crowd now, that is a distinct possibility. Okay, Mike, thank you. That was a live report from correspondent Mike Parks, who is standing by in Nathan Phillips Square, where it seems a large demonstration is in progress against America's use of nuclear weapons in Europe. Uh, we'll continue to have reports from the square as the story develops. During our news broadcast a few minutes ago, we were able to gather several additional reports from assorted sources in the United States. Perhaps it's best that we just play them for you. Uh, that way you can get an update on the matter while we check on some new information coming in from our newsroom at this time. This is Vic Phillips in New York City. News of the terrifying crisis in Germany is spreading like wildfire throughout the city and public reaction is overwhelming. Since the first bulletin surfaced reporting the use of nuclear weapons by NATO, massive rioting and protesting has become rampant. The streets in all areas are quite literally in chaos. Traffic is at a standstill. The police are quite hopelessly trying to deal with the situation and in many areas the army reserves have been called in. The largest protests seem to be centered in two areas, Times Square and here at the base of the UN building. At both locations there are literally thousands of people all screaming and waving assorted protest signs. At one point, many here at the UN building were even chanting a song of peace. Police are at the scene but are having great difficulty controlling such large crowds. One can only hope that word of a ceasefire comes from the war-torn Germany and that such news eases the fear and despair of the American people. For WKTC News in New York City, this is Vic Phillips reporting. This is Peter Masterson in Kansas City. An uneasy feeling has swept through this area since the first news of the crisis in Germany was released. While nuclear combat has always been viewed by everyone as the ultimate horror, it has a special and unique significance here. The reason is simple. This entire area is littered with launching tubes for Minuteman ICBMs, and thus is ground zero to an enemy attack. This has concerned many of the residents of Kansas City for years, but in light of this morning's news from West Germany, their concern has been intensified. Reports from all along the Kansas-Missouri border indicate that officials and technicians from the North American Air Defense Command have been inspecting all of the some 200 missile silos here. Mayor Barry Dunlop made a formal request to the NORAD officials for an explanation of this matter in order to suppress what he called a pall of fear and unease. That request was made over 30 minutes ago, but no response has been made as of yet. For ABC News in Kansas City, Missouri, this is Peter Masterson. This is Bob Henderson back again, CKFD. We're putting out a temporary hold on those news stories for just a second because our correspondent Peggy Britton at the British Embassy has some new information for us. We're going live to the Embassy now. Peggy, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can, Bob. I understand you have some news for us on the situation in Britain. Uh, yes, Bob. It's not good. It's as we feared when contact was first lost with NBC in London. I've just been told that it is now confirmed that that a thermonuclear explosion has occurred in Britain at Heathrow City Airport in West London. The blast and resulting shock effect have caused massive destruction in the city, and it is believed that the entire British Parliament is dead. NATO forces have apparently assumed control of the military in England. There is no word at all as to the number of casualties, the exact extent of the damage, nor the measures that will need to be taken to deal with the situation, if indeed anything can be done. Peggy, just how was this news received? Patrick Clark, the director of the embassy, was unable to make contact with any source in London and was thus forced to try other British cities. Contact with a cruise missile firing station near Birmingham was made instead, and it was one of the American officials at that location who informed us of the tragedy in London. Thank you, Peggy. Uh, please keep in touch. Absolutely, Bob. My God. To repeat what Peggy Breton has just told us, we now have confirmation of our worst fears. London, England has been hit by a nuclear warhead delivered by the Soviet SS-20 missile. This obviously... I'm sorry folks, I don't know what to say right now. Um, I, uh, I think it's appropriate at this time that we have some silence so that each of us can reflect on what has happened in our own way. Please don't leave your radios. I'll be back in a minute.
act of Soviet aggression and could not go unanswered despite the potential outcome of retaliation on NATO's part. Both the American officials in England and in Italy concurred with this, despite fierce opposition from other NATO countries in Europe. But President Reagan and his body of advisors informed the respective leaders of these nations that to tolerate the destruction of London was nothing less than to capitulate to communist terrorism and inhumanity on the most satanic level possible. And this, he also stated, was simply unacceptable. With Italy and Britain in complete agreement, their joint supply of cruise missiles were moved into position and fired in a total of five waves. Since we are receiving such news on a delayed basis, we can only assume that the warheads are nearing their targets at this time, if they have not already done so. Obviously, this is by far the most serious crisis that has ever faced the human race because of its potential outcome. Now more than ever, communication is essential, and we at ABC News are doing our best to keep the American public completely aware and informed in this time of uncertainty. We have our correspondents all across the country, all across the world, in fact, and many of these are stationed in key areas to facilitate quick and concise information on any sudden development. Such developments will come your way as soon as possible. Hopefully, many will be live, circumstances permitting. To recap the latest bulletins, NATO forces have stepped up the conflict in Europe to a new level of terror. Following the Soviet attack on London a short time ago, the controversial cruise missile was deployed and fired for the first time in its history in both England and Italy. The complete supply of cruise missiles were fired at Soviet targets in a total of five waves, and it is our belief that many of those, if not all of them, have already reached their targets. All of those targets, we are told, are military only, not civilian. Because of the, uh, excuse me for a moment, I'm receiving some new information. I've just been informed that we have a special, if not unusual, report which is being sent overseas by the BBC in England. Apparently, this is a broadcast being made by the air traffic reporter of that area who is flying over London in order to assess the damage. Hopefully, this should give us some new insight into the situation over there. several structures, all still standing but with heavy structural damage. Cracked walls, shattered windows, that sort of thing. Debris all over the streets will stop traffic completely. Thousands of abandoned cars, people running in all directions in complete panic. Several bodies, perhaps the victims of falling or flying debris. Just ahead now a series of structures, the Tower of London, St. Paul's Cathedral. Both, it seems, are very badly damaged, but still standing. I think I see a large fissure in the bridge beside the tower. I'm over it now. It's a very large opening about halfway through the bridge. I'm crossing the Thames now, moving southwest. There's a lot of flooding on the banks. We're coming up to the Houses of Parliament. The bed seems very badly damaged. Both arms on the face of the clock are gone. The face is shattered. Most of the structure is cracked and looks as if it could collapse at any moment. The buildings of Parliament are in much the same shape. There's rubble and debris everywhere. We're moving over Westminster Abbey now. Again, the same story. Terrible destruction. At this 15 or so miles from Heathrow Airport where the bomb apparently exploded. I dread going on. Looking towards the west horizon. Oh, the destruction seems to get worse. Flames all over the place, starting a few miles ahead. We're heading in that direction now. We're coming up on Buckingham Palace and the Royal Albert Hall in just a moment. I can see the palace. Oh, my Lord. It's in terrible shape, I'm afraid. Much of it has collapsed or is collapsing. This is a horrible sight. I can see more bodies now than before. There must be well over a hundred in sight at this time. I can only hope that Her Majesty is safe somehow. I'm moving over the palace now. Damage is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it in my life. As I move further westward, the picture is even worse, I regret to say. Lots of fires on streets, in buildings, or are in rather in what's left of them. All of this extends out into a solid sheet of flame just ahead, so I, I can't go much further. There's just nothing left. Nothing at all. Everything's 
We're interrupting that ABC broadcast momentarily to take you live to Nathan Phillips Square, where Mike Parts is standing by with an update on the situation there. Michael? I'm sorry, folks. It seems that we've lost contact with our correspondent in the square. Uh, we'll try to resume contact with him as soon as possible. In the meantime, we're going to switch back to the ABC broadcast because they seem to have additional information at this time. We will, of course, interrupt the broadcast as local news events regarding the matter take priority. Until this time, this is Bob Henderson. Please stand by. In London, there is apparently massive damage throughout the city. Numerous confirmed deaths, as one might unfortunately expect, and it seems many panicking survivors. The city, we are told, is in utter turmoil as a result of the attack, and we expect that the situation in Germany is probably far worse. Our scientific advisors here at ABC News are telling us that according to their calculations, the supply of NATO cruise missiles have reached their Soviet targets by now, but no word to either confirm or deny this has been received as of yet. Obviously, this is very frightening news to all of us, so in order to get a better understanding of what is happening from a political point of view, we have with us Dr. James Rosenberg, who is a... This is an emergency interruption of the Emergency Broadcast System of Canada. This is not a test. Repeat. This is not a test. In a moment, you will be receiving special pre-recorded instructions from the Defense Center of Canada in Ottawa. Obey and follow these instructions immediately. These instructions were designed in compliance with Defense Act 42 of the new Defense Activity Program. We repeat. This is not a test. The following instructions have been designed to offer you, the listener, a greater opportunity of survival in the event of a nuclear attack. Please follow them immediately and concisely. Above all, do not panic. It has been clearly demonstrated that in the event of an emergency, panic is among the highest causes of death and injury. Your primary objective at this time is to seek shelter as soon as possible. If you are outdoors at the present time and cannot find the source of shelter, then do your best to fabricate one with existing materials. If this too is impossible given your situation, then attempt to place yourself below ground level in whatever manner possible, such as digging a hole or pit. Remember, some form of shelter is better than no form of shelter. Once in a shelter, or for those already there, do the following. Evacuate all upper floors of the structure and move to the lowest possible level, preferably to a basement. Avoid areas with exposed surfaces such as windows or doors. 
do your best to cover such surfaces with the materials available to you. Furniture can be effectively used here. If any electrical appliances or objects are in use, remove these objects from the source of power immediately, after which shut off all power systems in the structure through the circuit box or the equivalent. Do this immediately. Shut off, seal, and protect any fuel supply units such as oil tanks, gasoline tanks, or natural gas conduits. These will be required after the conclusion of the attack. Shut off all water and plumbing systems, but only after a substantial supply of fresh water has been placed in special containers and taken to your area of protection. The supply of water to your home may be temporarily discontinued following the attack. If possible, set up some form of waste disposal system at this stage. Remove as much food as possible from the kitchen or storage area and move it immediately and quickly to your area of protection. The preservation of canned foods is not recommended. Rather, preserve naturally sealed foods such as those with skins, shells, or peels. Remain in your shelter with a radio or television powered by batteries only. Monitor emergency news broadcasts for updates on the situation in your area on a regular interval. Try to conserve battery power as much as possible. Do not leave your shelter under any, repeat, any circumstances. Your primary objective is protection and survival. Leaving your shelter will seriously jeopardize this objective. Remove all constrictive clothing such as ties, shoes, and belts. Then remove all objects from the body such as eyeglasses, contact lenses, necklaces, rings, bracelets, pocket change, pocket pens, and wristwatches. Empty all pockets. When you first become aware that an attack is in progress, such as through the sight of the brilliant flash of light of the explosion, turn your face in the opposite direction and cover your eyes immediately. Under no circumstances look at the flash. Lay flat on the ground and cover your face with your hands. When the shockwave hits, remain calm and keep yourself covered. If a section of your shelter is lost in the shockwave, do not try to retrieve it. Stay where you are and keep still. After the shockwave, continue to remain still in the event of a second explosion. Only when a full 15 minutes have elapsed after the explosion, then can you attempt to repair your shelter if it was damaged. If it is still in good condition, remain there and begin monitoring radio and television broadcasts for additional instructions. Do not leave your shelter until you are told to do so by the proper authorities. If no radio and television broadcasts can be picked up at any time during your stay in the shelter, wait two full weeks before leaving it and exposing yourself. At this time, seek medical aid if needed at any one of the emergency aid stations which will be erected. This is Bob Henderson, and I'm going to read you some special instructions provided for us by the Defense Department. These instructions pertain specifically to the City of Toronto and surrounding areas, so follow them quickly and exactly. Try as you're doing so to keep listening to CKFD for any special bulletins. Here we go. It is necessary for you to seek immediate shelter regardless of where you might be in relation to the Toronto area. For those of you in the city and outdoors at this time, do one of two things. Either move into the nearest structure and seek out its lowest possible level, such as a, uh, a parking bay, or move into the nearest subway opening and remain below ground. Do not board the trains under any circumstances, since in a power outage, they may be trapped in the tunnel system. Now repeating that. Seek shelter in the lowest possible level of the nearest structure or enter the nearest subway opening and remain below ground. Do not board the trains. 
If you are on an upper level of a building or structure, evacuate this level immediately and move quickly to the lowest possible level. Do not use the elevators. Use the stairs. I'll repeat, do not use the elevators. Use the stairs. The following areas are now open for emergency evacuation procedures. The Master Parking Center on 22 Bloor Street West. The McDuffie Parking Center on 145 Eglinton Avenue East. The basement of the Hamilton Building at 300 Adelaide Street West. The metal factory at 257 Richmond Street West. The parking lot of the Continental Building, 18 King Street East. The printing level of the Star Building at 1 Young Street down near the Lakeshore. The receiving level at the Dufferin Tower on University Avenue. Any Honest Ed's Floor Warehousing on King Street West. The new Super Mall at 600 King Street East. The Ontario College of Art at 100 McCall Street. The McLaughlin Planetarium on University Avenue. The McLaren Building of the University of Toronto. All of these areas are part of a special defense program set up for quick and effective evacuation procedures. If you happen to be near any of these locations, any of these locations, they will be more than happy to provide you with temporary shelter. Again, if you are not near these locations, enter the nearest building and seek out its lowest level, or enter the nearest subway opening and remain below ground. Do not use the trains. If you are at home, follow the instructions given by the emergency broadcast system minutes ago. That is, find an area of protection at the lowest level of the house and take to it a large supply of water, food, blankets, batteries, a radio, a flashlight, and some form of waste disposal system. Set up a temporary shelter in which you could reside for two weeks if necessary. Okay, two weeks. Hopefully you won't have to, but it's best to be prepared for the worst. Once there, continue to monitor CKFD for details and information. I'm going to repeat that for you again. It is necessary for you to seek immediate shelter regardless of where you might be in relation to the Toronto area. For those of you in the city and outdoors at this time, do one of two things. Either move into the nearest structure and seek out its lowest possible level such as a, uh, a parking bay. Or move into the nearest subway opening and remain below ground. Do not board the trains under any circumstances since in a power outage they may be trapped in a tunnel system. Now repeating that, seek shelter in the lowest possible level of the nearest structure or enter the nearest subway opening and remain below ground. Do not board the trains. If you are on an upper level of a building or structure, evacuate this level immediately and move quickly to the lowest possible level. Do not use the elevators. Use the stairs. I'll repeat, do not use the elevators. Use the stairs. The following areas are now open for emergency evacuation procedures. The Master Parking Center on 22 Bloor Street West. The McDuffie Parking Center on 145 Eglinton Avenue East. The basement of the Hamilton Building at 300 Adelaide Street West. The metal factory at 257 Richmond Street West. The parking lot of the Continental Building 18 King Street East. The printing level of the Star Building at 1 Young Street down near the Lakeshore. The receiving level at the Dufferin Tower on University Avenue. Any Honest Ed's Floor Warehousing on King Street West. The new Super Mall at 600 King Street East. The Ontario College of Art at 100 McCall Street. The McLaughlin Planetarium on University Avenue. The McLaren Building of the University of Toronto. All of these areas are part of a special defense program set up for a quick and effective evacuation. Wait a second. I'm, 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 I'm hearing something in the studio. Here it is. Listen, folks. Something may be happening now, so quickly find a shelter and get there now. Forget the supplies. Just get to some shelter and stay there. I'll try to keep you going as long as you...
Well, that will do it for this episode, and I'm sure it goes without saying. If you have any information on this production, please share it if you can. Put it in the comments on this post at neozaz.com. Hit us up on social media. We're at Neozaz on Twitter and Instagram and Neozaz Podcast on Facebook, or send us an email directly at podcast at neozaz.com. Any new information about this, I would love to learn and share. There's more War of the Worlds week to come for 2020, and if you're new to this event, there are several years of War of the Worlds week content on this feed and at neozaz.com. The one thing I have to do, of course, is say thank you for listening, and I will see you in that next episode. (laughs) 